Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Thanks to you for subscribing to us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. A very special hello to our men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. My name is Nate Abarea, your host here on World Soccer Talk Radio. Tweet me with the love mail and the hate mail. Keep up the beautiful work in the Twitter sphere at NateWST. If you want to talk about economics, you want to talk about Raheem Sterling, you want to talk about Major League Soccer single entity structure, you want to talk promotion relegation, you want to talk U.S. men's national team, you want to talk women's World Cup recaps, anything. Nate WST and of course at World Soccer Talk. Again, you folks have been doing some fantastic work in the Twitter sphere. Keep it up, you glorious listeners. Keep up the good work and check out at Sports Byline USA for updates on this program. On the show today, Mr. Jonathan Tannenwald. We're talking Women's World Cup recap, but Jonathan Tannenwald, an expert really on the business side. Of, of soccer, and especially in regards to TV, the TV side of things, and whether it's the quality of coverage or, or the ratings themselves, Tannenwald always has some really interesting insights into the soccer television world, and, and we're going to talk with Jonathan about Women's World Cup television coverage, what he really thought about how Fox Sports did with, with their whole glorious set up there in Vancouver and and their coverage of the tournament here in the States. We're also going to talk about Major League Soccer television. Why are the ratings not going up? More butts are being put in the seats in these stadiums. That's clear. Why are the TV ratings stagnant? Why are they not improving as well? Before we head to our first breaker on World Soccer Talk Radio, gotta give one quick burn on Raheem Sterling, who missed his second consecutive training session with Liverpool Football Club. Both missed due to sickness. That's right. He called in sick. If that's not the nail in the coffin, I don't know what is. Raheem is as good as gone. But why should Man City up their bid when Liverpool clearly look at him as good as gone? 
I don't think that bid is going up at all. I think Sterling is going to get a little jab at Liverpool, and they're going to lose out a little bit on this whole thing as well. We shall see how it all plays out. Raheem, go back to practice. World Soccer Talk Radio back after this with Jonathan Dandenwald. Stay tuned. Are you sick and tired of paying more than 100 bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1, Copa America, and more. With Fubo TV, the broadcast stream to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two-week free trial, so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to fubo.tv/radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only six ninety-nine per month. So sign up at fubo.tv/radio right now. Fubo.tv/radio and start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or on the go. Soccer fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSV, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. With your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Holland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Eredivisie games featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more. Plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now, this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Are you tired of network announcers who are clearly pulling for the other team? Check out Rabble.tv, a new kind of television experience where you are in control of the audio. Rabble.tv allows users like you to broadcast your insights and opinions about sports and entertainment, free from the restraint of network predictability. Rabblers are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. Mute your TV and do your own play-by-play, provide running commentary, or just banter with your buddies. Or you can listen to other fans who love your team as much as you do. It's live. It's new. It's Rabble. Rebel.tv. Nate Abarea back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Our guest in this edition of the show is one Jonathan Tannenwald, soccer writer for Philly.com and a frequent contributor on our good friends program, Soccer Morning. Jonathan Tannenwald, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. How are you? 
I'm doing mighty fine up here in Northern California, and let's go way up north. Let's quickly recap before we get into this beautiful parade uh, that we're going to be talking all about uh, here in a few moments. But you followed the U.S. women's team around Canada during the entire tournament all the way to the final in Vancouver and that incredible final, the 5-2 win. We've, we've talked all about that. Talk about some of your most memorable experiences throughout the entire tournament. I'm sure, I'm sure the final uh, had had to take the cake in some regards, but give us uh, some of your, uh, you know, best sightings, best sounds, and some of your most memorable experiences from covering Canada 2015, the FIFA Women's World Cup, Jonathan. Well, so many of my memorable experiences have to do with seeing the tens of thousands of American fans who went up there and just stormed every stadium and every bar and every restaurant. You know, they were, even in a place like Winnipeg, where there's very little to do when we were all there for a week and people were starting to get a little stir-crazy, you'd walk around downtown or some of the, you know, the restaurant and shopping areas and attractions, and just everywhere you looked, you'd see somebody with a U.S. jersey on. Then you get to, obviously, the two times they were in Vancouver, the city was absolutely rocking. It's a it's a great city, especially in the summertime already, as it is. It's a wonderful place to visit. Uh, and it really is a great soccer city uh, all the time. But it was especially so when the U.S. was there. But I have to tell you, I think the one really indelible image for me, you know, you might think it was the trophy presentation, but in all honesty, when the trophy presentation was going on, I was so busy writing my story on deadlines in the paper that I could only sort of half watch it. Um, the indelible image for me, will be when Celia Sausage of Germany missed that penalty kick and the fans in Olympic Stadium very nearly tore a hole in the roof. That was probably the loudest I heard anybody the whole tournament. They really, and it was in a lot of ways, you know, the moment that gave the U.S. so much momentum, but everybody thought, you know, oh, they were toast. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, Sausage puts a wide left and the whole thing turns around. How much credit do you think Hope Solo uh, deserved for Sausage's miss uh, in, in that semifinal? The mind games, what seemed like waiting for an hour to, to finally go stand in the goal and, uh, and get ready for the penalty kick as the keeper. How much credit do you give to Solo for that miss from the German, uh, German star? She gets subbed, but I'll tell you what. I took a stopwatch rather than a stopwatch. I took the game clock, you know? I took the scoreboard of the game clock. From when the referee blew the whistle to signal the foul, so when the referee blew the whistle for uh, Celia Sausage to take the penalty kick. And then I did it again with Carly Lloyd. Carly Lloyd had to wait longer, believe it or not. <laughs> it might not have felt that way for us watching it, um, but it was. I believe it was 103 seconds for Lloyd and 94 seconds for Sausage. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, Jonathan. No, it seemed it seemed like at, at least a few minutes when, when Sausage was stepping up there and, and and seeing the way Hope Solo handled that situation. I love how everyone was saying, "Well, you know, Hope really hasn't had to make any big saves." And I think she kind of took it upon herself. You know, that was that was going to be her moment. She doesn't end up saving it, but it still rolls wide. But I love that you point out that Carly Lloyd actually had to wait longer. But no, it certainly well, certainly did not is- seem that way watching it live. No, the, the, the gamesmanship, so what? So what? Oh. You know, it's part part of the fun of this Women's World Cup for all of us, even for somebody like me who's been involved in women's soccer for a long time as a journalist and, you know, as a fan way back in the day. And, you know, I cover MLS and everything else, too. All of us this year, more than ever, treated this World Cup as soccer just like anything else. And whether that was, you know, mind games or trash talk, 
with the players and the coaches or criticizing Joe Ellis' tactics or whatever. I think it's a huge compliment to women's soccer that it's grown that much, that we can do that and nobody bats an eye in this country about it anymore. I think the, uh, no, no finer example of that than the criticism of Jill Ellis throughout the tournament. That actually, you could look at that from afar as, as a fan of the women's game or as someone who covers the women's game. Hey, that's actually kind of a big step for the women's game. The fact that the, the, the level of criticism that a coach was getting and, and people trying to break down tactics. I think that's absolutely true. Now, now I gotta ask you, uh, as someone who is incredibly interested in and, and very much an expert on, on television coverage. I talked about this in the opening of the show, Jonathan. What did you learn about Fox Sports uh, after your interactions with them up there in Canada? And, and what did you think of, of their coverage of this tournament and, and really specifically their style of coverage uh, of the Women's World Cup uh, uh, this summer? That's a lot to unpack all at once. Um, let's start with the people behind the scenes because there are people you don't always see on camera all the times who are the ones who are calling the shots about how the tone gets set. And those people at Fox, among others, are David Neal and David Nathanson, who are the executives. Neal, who came from NBC and did a lot of their Olympic stuff. And in terms of, you know, what's NBC's calling card with the Olympics? It's telling the stories of the individual athletes who are the swimmers and the water polo players and the skiers and the, the rowers and the curlers and the, the archery shooters and whatever else. And we don't know anything about them, you know, in the rest of their lives. So what do they got to do? They got to tell the story of their life in two minutes. And David Neal somebody who's got a lot of expertise in doing that. And you saw Fox, you know, do these series throughout the tournament of player vignettes, not only on the U.S. players, but players from around the world. He had a role in setting the tone of the coverage. David Nathanson had a role in, in setting the tone of the coverage. Um, a guy who's a good friend of mine who hates when I give him credit in public, but I'm going to do it anyway because everybody who's ever worked with him, thinks really highly of him. Shaw Brown is the lead producer for soccer's, for Fox's soccer telegraphs. He's the guy for MLS games who sits in the truck and, you know, calls out the camera angles and is in the ear of the on-air people and all this stuff like that. He does a terrific job, and he makes sure that the on-air people really make the game about them, make the broadcast about the game and not about themselves as individuals. You know, he's got a little less work to do during the World Cup because FIFA handles all the camera feeds and stuff like that. So all he's got to do is talk to the talent. But he does a great job of it, and he deserves a lot of credit. And the one guy who is on camera who I think deserves a lot of credit is Rob Stone, um, who's been in this, as you know, for a long, long time, going back to soccer's earliest days, you know, 94, 98 with the World Cup when the sport was really just starting to grow in this country. And you put him in there as the host of the studio show, and he sets the tone on air. For everybody else who's around him, and I thought he did a great job. Hambone shout out to Rob Stone from Jonathan Tannenwald here on World Soccer Talk Radio. We've got two minutes before we got to head to break here uh, with you, Jonathan. And uh, you know, looking forward with Fox and and this, I don't want to call it a coup, but I mean, there, there's such a, a competition right now for soccer television rights. It's I've, I've never seen anything quite like this when you when you throw in. ESPN, NBC, Fox, BN Sports turning into this this mega worldwide entity. Who do you think has has the leg up right now uh, in terms of of the whole scope of things? Who, you th- who would you place as as the number one TV side of 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 the soccer world here in the states? I don't even know that it's possible. To be honest with you, because look, BN's got more money than anybody else. We know that because they've got all the Middle Eastern oil money and stuff like that. 
that they want to throw an enormous amount of money at something they can. Now, they don't have the exposure that Fox does. So Fox has a leg up to them on that. Then, you know, Fox went out and got the FIFA deal because they threw a ton of money at that. ESPN obviously still has the biggest megaphone, the biggest bullhorn, because they're ESPN, because SportsCenter, you know, multiplies on itself and all that. And NBC has the Premier League, and they've shown that they've done a very good job. Of, um, I think right now, by a hair, I'd put Fox probably in the league because they have, you know, a really big package of stuff. They have the World Cup. They have the UEFA Champions League. They have Major League Soccer. They have all the CONCACAF packages, and they have the Bundesliga. That's a pretty serious stable of stuff. ESPN, because they don't have the FIFA deal anymore. You know, they're a little bit not as well off. Um, NBC, now all they have is the Premier League and the Olympics. So outside of that, you don't know how much they're promoting. We'll see. But I think by a hair, maybe right now, you put Fox in Fox by a hair. The competition for being the number one soccer network in America. It's getting heated. Again, I've never seen anything quite like it. You got to love it. Jonathan Tannenwald back with us after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Talking U.S. Women's National Team Parade. Who doesn't love a parade? New York City Parade in July for the World Cup champions. We're back after this. Stay tuned. Soccer fans, I have a question for you. Which is the only soccer network in the United States that shows games from Ajax, PSP, Colo Colo, Benfica, Zenit, and other teams? The answer is NGSN, a brand new online sports network that offers live and on-demand games from seven different leagues from around the world for free, no strings attached. With your free 90-day trial, you can watch as many league games from the following countries as you like. Holland, Portugal, Russia, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, and Venezuela. NGSN is the only place you can watch Eredivisie games featuring star players such as Memphis Depay, Andres Guardado, Aaron Johansson, and many more. Plus all of the games from those leagues that are available on your Windows PC or Mac and your Apple iPhone or Android device. Commentaries are offered in English or Spanish, plus the games are in HD. Now this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the United States. Try it and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 90-day trial to NGSN. No credit card is required. You just sign up and go. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. Are you sick and tired of paying more than 100 bucks a month for your TV bill? Well, if so, I've got the solution for you. It's called Fubo TV, and it's the best way to watch the greatest leagues from around the world. Fubo TV is a legal and affordable streaming service that delivers live and on-demand HD broadcasts of BN Sports, Goal TV, Benfica TV, and more. That means you can watch La Liga, Serie A, the Bundesliga, Ligue 1, Copa America, and more. With Fubo TV, the broadcast streamed to your computer, smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV. 
Plus, Fubo TV works with Chromecast, so you can cast the games to your TV set. Best of all, Fubo TV is offering a two-week free trial, so you can watch as much soccer as you like. Go to Fubo.tv slash radio and sign up today. And if you love what you see, a monthly subscription to Fubo TV is only $6.99 per month. So sign up at Fubo.tv slash radio right now. F-U-B-O dot TV slash radio. And start enjoying the best soccer from around the world at home, work, or on the go. Want to be the next great sports announcer? Check out Rabble.tv, where you call the action. You already know more than the guys on TV. It's time to show the world what you can do by sharing your insights and opinions about the sports you love. Like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, MMA, wrestling, and more. Everything from the biggest matchups in the world to a game right in your neighborhood. Join other Rabblers who are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. So mute the audio coming from that network guy who never liked your team anyway, and let us hear what you think. Rabble.tv World of Soccer Talk Radio back here with the Sports Highline Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Nate Abarea, Jonathan Tannenwald. Joining us in this edition of the show. We talked all about Canada 2015, the Women's World Cup in the first segment. It's now time to come back stateside, specifically to NYC. We head to the Big Apple where tomorrow the United States women's national team will be a part of an incredible ticker tape parade celebrating their World Cup victory. Jonathan, what are the expectations first off as far as how big this ticker tape parade in, in New York City is going to be tomorrow? Who knows? I don't think anybody has any idea, but uh, any any uh Anything in New York, you presume, is going to be a complete madhouse. So uh, we'll start from there and see what happens. <laughs> oh, it could be it could be anything, but I, I imagine the streets are going to be filled, and, and especially with people still coming down from the Fourth of July, there's still so much patriotism in the air. And, they deserve and it, the though, US... man. They deserve every minute of it. Absolutely, and the and the U.S. soccer site with all the all the instructions, wear as much red, white, and blue as you can. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere out there. Now, I, I hate to jump on kind of the the negativity trade here, but there's an interesting story, and and you, I think, have actually tweeted a little bit about it uh, earlier this morning, and it's it's raising kind of a stink in the in the New York soccer community and really around the country, and there's a whole lot of interesting takes on this from a number of our, our different mutual acquaintances, Jonathan, and that is NYCFC, and it should be pointed out, NYCFC and the Red Bulls being allowed to have a float in this parade that is meant to celebrate the U.S. women's national team. What do you make of, of NYCFC and the Red Bulls being a part of this parade that, in my opinion, has nothing to do with them? Okay, this whole thing is driving me crazy. Let's let's start with that premise. What happened? And the uh, just the, the the noise, just the screaming, screaming people. And I look, I don't think they're wrong. I think that it this thing should be for U.S. women to have as their own spotlight. And I really, honestly, if it was up to me, there wouldn't be anybody else getting in the way. However, this is something that's worth keeping in mind. You don't just shut down half of lower Manhattan and pay the police overtime and the janitors and everybody else. You don't just do that for free of charge. It's not how this stuff works, not how it ever has worked. 
<laughs> most of the time when these parades happen, especially in cities, and I'll draw on a little bit of experience here with Philadelphia in 2008 when the Phillies won a World Series, most of these t- the time these cities don't have the money to foot the entire bill. So the teams help chip in. Now, I've heard, and I haven't been able to confirm this, so I'm a little bit worried about even saying it on the radio, but there's been some discussion today that, look, maybe Major League Soccer and Soccer United Marketing are helping to foot the bill a little bit for this thing because they understand that something that is good for one, for, you know, for something that's good for American soccer is good for American soccer, and ultimately everybody will benefit. I think there's a tasteful way to do it. And I also think, by the way, you know, here's a question for you, and maybe your listeners can think this off. What would you rather see at this, at this parade? Would you rather see a bunch of Nike ads and, and you know, snack foods and Coppertone sun, sunscreen and, you know, a bunch of different commercial brands? Or would you rather see some soccer teams? Well, I think it's a good question that you raised, Jonathan, and I'm glad you bring up the Philadelphia uh, comparison back in 08. And I can cite in in the Bay Area when, when the San Francisco Giants have, have won the World Series recently. You got the, the Cal Berkeley marching band and, and, and the 49ers, you know, with, with a float in the parade. And that's all fine and dandy, I think, when it's taught, when you're talking about a city, when you're talking about the, the city itself having so much pride and, and coming together for a certain team in a certain sport. But in this regard, it being the U.S. U.S. women's national team, it being all about these women, and I think that's what's kind of rubbing people the wrong way uh, with this whole thing. But I, I completely agree, and I, I'd, of course, I, of course, I'd rather have NYCFC and the Red Bulls with with floats in this parade than a, and, and forking over some money to help the parade as opposed to Kraft Foods and Nike and and God knows what else, you know, being a part of it on on a float level. Now, here's here's an interesting uh, question that is actually direct. Uh, uh, from the gaffer, and I'm very, very curious to, to hear your take on this, Jonathan. What are the chances that if NYCFC won the MLS Cup, that they would want a U.S. Women's National Team float in their parade? What do you make of that? Uh, that he's question? not. He's just not wrong. It's not. He, Chris is not wrong. Okay, it, it, the whole line of reasoning is absolutely correct, and I agree with it 100. percent if it was up to me, this is what I'd do. If people watch the Tour de France, you know, it's on it all the morning now, all the time. We all watch, we see the cyclists, you know, we see they're all going through the crowds and up and down the mountains. And all we see are the cyclists, right? All you see, all you see are the competitors on the bikes going through the crowd. What we don't see, and I, you know, I've got a couple friends who've been over there who've been as fans who've covered it before. Before all the bikes go through, before the TV broadcast starts, there's this giant caravan of every single sponsor, no matter how big or small, giving out T-shirts and Frisbees and hats and whatever, you know, all that. So if it's up to me, I'd sort of do it the way the Tour de France does it, you know. Have all the sponsors. If you, if you want to have a New York City FC float and a New York Red Bulls float and a Major League Soccer float and an NWSL float and the Sky float, they all go up first. And they go through and they throw out T-shirts or soccer ball, little soccer balls, whatever it's going to be. And they're done. And they're all gone. Then the U.S. women come through and they get all the spotlight to themselves at that point. I don't want to see the floats all mixed up together. You know what I mean? 
I know exactly what you mean, and I and I actually couldn't agree more. And as someone who's covered the uh, the tour of California uh, quite extensively, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that goes back actually even to when we talk about the Philadelphia Phillies parade in 08 or, or these Giants parades uh, in San Francisco over the last few years. That's how it works: is is you you send everybody else through first, and then the spotlight is on the people, the players, the managers that everyone came out to see and came out to celebrate. And I sure hope that that is how this thing goes down and not as as maybe you're fearing or some people are, are fearing that it's going to be all mixed together and you know following Megan Rapino and Abby Wambach is going to be NYCFC and and following you know Jill Ellis is going to be the New York Red Bulls that that would be absolutely ridiculous now one really interesting thing to come out of this whole you know, nonsense type story today that's really been quite fun to follow. It's annoying for some, and it's just been. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you think it's fun. I don't. <laughs> I'm finding it. I'm finding it hilarious. The some of some of the stuff that's coming out of it. One thing that comes out of it: the New York Cosmos turned down the opportunity to be in the parade. What, what do you make? Okay, of, let me of let me that, let's, let's talk about that for a minute because I've got a little theory here. The Cosmos are very famous for getting any good publicity that they can whenever they can kick MLS feet. Now, something tells me that somebody at the Cosmos said, hey, I see there's an uproar already. We're going to say we're going to decline. Now that the uproar is already going on, we can make ourselves look good. Would not surprise me in the least. <laughs> it, would be, it would be very, it would be very, very Cosmos esque, uh, uh, without a doubt. And I mean, do, do you think that that's really what they're all about? Do, do you think the Cosmos are really a, a spiteful organization in that regard? That they're really out to to kick MLS whenever possible? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> now, now, look, they may have honest intentions in this case, and if they do, congratulations. But I've, I've talked to somebody who was very well connected in the New York soccer area earlier today, and you know, we sort of both looked at it and said, you know what, the Cosmos don't get the benefit of the doubt necessarily. they got to prove that they're doing something with good intentions. How do people around MLS really view the Cosmos? I talk with all sorts of, of NASL folks and, and folks around the Cosmos, and, and we get their perspective on the show quite a bit. I'm very curious, and, and be, be blunt and straightforward about this as much as possible. How do, how do the MLS hierarchy really I can, I can, view the I can do it in one sentence, and I don't even want to tell you how, how the MLS fell off the field with that. I can do it in one sentence. If the Cosmos really wanted to be in Major League Soccer, New York City FC wouldn't exist. Well, there you have it. Jonathan Tannenwald, straightforward here on World Soccer Talk Radio. They've, they've never wanted to play by the rules. They've never wanted to play by Major League Soccer's rules the whole time. If they did, they'd be in the league. They would have been in the league years ago. And they'd probably, you know, whether or not they would have built the stadium in Belmont Park or somewhere in the Five Boroughs, whatever, they would have been in the league years ago. And it would have been done and dusted, but they never wanted to play by Major League Soccer's rules. They always wanted to, you know, have more commercial sponsorship and money and whatever else themselves. That's fine. I get that. But maybe you do that. Maybe you do a little work from within to loosen the reins on that stuff instead of trying to, you know, sit there on the outside and have your own little sandbox. 
Absolutely. And, and whether it's the sandbox or the soapbox, a lot of, a lot of stuff with the New York Cosmos that really, uh, you know, definitely stirs the pot quite a bit. And I can't help but wonder, and that's why it's great to get your perspective, Jonathan, if, if there really is this spiteful attitude that, that the folks who run the Cosmos, do they really think that that's going to be a, a route to success of, of going toe to toe with MLS and saying, we're not going to follow any of your rules or any of your regulations, any of your suggestions. We're going to do it our own way. And not only are we going to do it our own way we're going to just take every jab at you we possibly can i think it's a recipe for inevitable failure that's that's just my opinion um i'm sure a lot of you out there disagree with me a lot of you new york cosmos fans i'm sure you very much disagree with what i just said but i i feel that way and i feel that it would be wise as as jonathan just said for the new york cosmos to maybe Find a middle ground sometime soon and figure out a way to toe the line while still being unique. But then again, I might sound like a complete hypocrite right now. Eh, wouldn't be the first time that I've been called a hypocrite. All right, we're coming back on World Soccer Talk Radio with Jonathan Tannenwald. We're talking about the future of the NWSL and breaking down Major League Soccer TV ratings, an area of expertise for Jonathan Tannenwald. That and more on the other side of this break. World Soccer Talk Radio, Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Howdy folks, Colonel Sanders here with a radio transmission. Are you listening to a news radio broadcast right now? Breaking news, folks. Stop listening to that news anchor's jibber-jabber and get the real scoop. My new summer meal's got ten pieces of chicken, a large coleslaw, baked beans with pulled chicken, four biscuits, and a free half-gallon of Dole Classic lemonade. And it is available for purchase. Okay then, that is the end of my radio communication. Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's finger-licking good. Limited time offer. Pricing and participation may vary. Plaster is a portable spittoon and the ultimate accessory for smokeless tobacco users. It's easy to conceal in a pocket and discreet enough to be used in public without unwanted attention. You can palm it, twist the top, and empty your mouth in one smooth motion. Available in an extensive selection of sleek designs, Plasters feature the exclusive thumb lock twist cap for one-handed use. This innovation virtually eliminates the risk of spills, making it ideal where you are on the go. It's great for NASCAR races, hunting, fishing, and more. Visit Plaster.com or call 1-800-476-5600. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. Hi, Rick Tittle here. You may know me as the sports talk host that can talk about all sports. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, rollerball. But this time I'm here to talk about pain. If you have pain in your knee or your back like I do, then you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. If Medicare is your primary insurance, then you could qualify for a back or knee brace at little or no charge. I have an old injury from my football playing days. And anything that can help take that pain away and make it more manageable, that has my attention. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for back, ankle, knee, or shoulder pain, please call the Health Alert Hotline at 800-428-1570. That's 800-428-1570. Agents are standing by 24-7. 
So go ahead and call now, 800-428-1570. Are you tired of network announcers who are clearly pulling for the other team? Check out Rabble.tv, a new kind of television experience where you are in control of the audio. Rabble.tv allows users like you to broadcast your insights and opinions about sports and entertainment, free from the restraint of network predictability. Rabblers are creating a fresh new type of audio entertainment. Mute your TV and do your own play-by-play, provide running commentary, or just banter with your buddies. Or you can listen to other fans who love your team as much as you do. It's live. It's new. It's Rabble. Rabble Rabble.tv. John World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Thanks to you for subscribing to us on iTunes. Tune in and Stitcher. A special hello, as always, to the men and women overseas listening on the American Forces Network. Tweet us your take on today's conversation with Jonathan Tannenwald. Get at me at NateWST and find us at World Soccer Talk. We want your take. All sorts of interesting topics to dive into. Jonathan Tannenwald, uh, can, can you give the loyal listeners of World Soccer Talk Radio your Twitter handle real quick before we tackle some Major League Soccer business? That would be at the goalkeeper. At the goalkeeper. Glorious. All right, let's get in to actually before the Major League Soccer TV ratings, uh, which I really, really want to talk to you about. We got to talk about the future of the NWSL and, and really on, on a slightly broader level, the future of women's soccer in America over, let's just say, the next four years. Because you have a lot of people throwing out that, that obvious question and, and looking back, talk about learning from experience, looking back to 1999 and, and the forming of the WUSA and, and the, the downfall, what many people looked at as the downfall of women's soccer. Suddenly there's this incredible almost renaissance going on right now. And how do we avoid what happened back in 99 and into the early 2000s with this incredible high that came to just a crashing close. How do we avoid repeating that? And, and how, how do we make women's soccer stay around through the, the gaps uh, between World Cup years? Well, the easiest way to do it is for people to live in a market where there's an NWSL team to go to the games and watch the games on TV and YouTube and all stuff like that. Because, you know, none of the women's professional leagues that have existed so far have been sustainable in the long term. And until that changes, we're just going to keep seeing the cycle over and over and over again. It certainly would help, and I've said for a long time that it would help major league soccer teams have the resources to backstop some of this financially. But until they do, and it's still, I think, going to be another 10 years before they do, uh, you know, it's got to be people who are willing to lose some money, unfortunately. Well, no, investment is key. And now, now I got to go back though, as, as someone who grew up in in the Santa Cruz area and followed the uh, the San Jose Clash and and earthquakes extensively as a as a child and and into adulthood. I, I can't help but think back to the Bay Area Cyber Rays, who won the only WUSA championship with with Brandy Chastain and Cece of of Brazil linking up on that team. It was incredible. And and I I, I think back to that and the earthquakes, and I think there were a few other MLS 
teams who actually did this had this huge linkage with the cyber rays and, and they thought it was going to, uh, you know, help everybody. It was going to be a mutual back scratching type thing. And, and this is during an era, you know, 2000, 2001, where MLS was on the verge of folding. And, and they thought that maybe they, they could help out both leagues by putting teams in, in the same stadiums as MLS sides and, and having a whole lot of cross promotion. So, I mean, ha- has that happened before? And, and how do we, how do we really, really make that happen this time around? Well, look, at the end of the day, and this is sort of an impolite thing to say, but it's true, at the end of the day, it's business. you got to make money sooner or later. It's tough, but, you know, it's if it's going to lose money forever, at a certain point, people are going to, going to give up. I think about John Hendricks, who was the guy who ran Discovery, you know, who invested lots of money over lots of time in women's soccer, and he finally gave up after almost a decade. You know, it's going to take television networks. It's going to take, you know, it's going to take Major League Soccer probably ultimately. I think it's going to take the National Federations doing a little bit of what they're doing now, which is subsidizing salaries that the big national team players can be in there and, you know, not bankrupt these clubs that have to go and pay, you know, 22 other people to be on the roster. It is, and there's no easy fix. There never has been and there never will be. But, you know, the more, hopefully one thing is that the more that the game gets treated as soccer, the more that the soccer community will embrace going to a men's game and a women's game, maybe the double arrow, a little more often than happens now. Um, you look at Portland where the Thorns and the Timbers are run by the same ownership. That works really, really well. Um, there's so many answers, you know, and, and a lot of history of getting it wrong. And, you know, hopefully people that are smarter than you and I will get it right. <laughs> people smarter than you and I. You mean those those exist? Where where are these people? Oh my goodness! No, uh, despite all of the uh, increased promotion, I, I got to break in break into a new uh, new topic here, and it's something that you, I mean, write so much about and and cover extensively, and that is television ratings, specifically in regards to our domestic men's league, Major League Soccer, and despite the the increased promotion all all the new signings and and the new buzz around the league and these these new expansion sides and and everything that has gone in to po- I guess call it post uh, new collective bargaining agreement major league soccer and there's a whole lot more butts in the seats and and we talked about with with Ian Joy and a few others last week on the show just how incredible Rivalry weekend was speaking as an earthquake supporter, seeing 50,000 people at Stanford and seeing what that did for, for Clarence Goodson when he scored that goal and wanting to go jump into the crowd to, to see what the New York Red Bulls players looked like after winning that game uh, at NYCFC at, at Yankee Stadium. And I mean, whether it's the, the, the Texas Derby or Cascadia Cup, it was absolutely incredible. And yet there's no increase in TV ratings, and and I, I'm sure this is as complex of a question as we could have, but why is that? Why, with all of the other improvements, why have we not seen a sizable increase in Major League Soccer TV ratings, Jonathan? Oh, I think we have a bit this year, um, actually. I think we have seen it a bit this year. Look, it, it's if I said to you, you know, last year the ratings were up like 10%. If I said to you, 
the rating's going to go up 10% every year. Would you take that? I think you would. Um, so, you know, that's... We'll, we'll find out by the end of the year. I think, obviously, they will jump a little bit now because, um, you know, it's summertime. There's less going on. But I'm not, I'm not overly worried because I know that Fox and ESPN and Univision are in this with Major League Soccer for the long run. As long as there's growth on a year-over-year basis, I think things will end up being all right in the end. What about the concern that a lot of people have that other leagues are, are on TV so prevalently in America now, and, and in terms of the quality of the soccer, the, the average TV viewer would rather watch a, a Premier League game or a La Liga game, and I, I've got a stat here that is, I mean, I don't want to call it alarming, because again, I don't want to have any sort of like doomsday attitude here, and I'm completely with you, is that I'll take a, a steady improvement. I've watched this league since 1996. I've been a part of this thing from the beginning as a fan and, and as a broadcaster now, but... The recent New York Derby, that match that I watched that was extraordinary and the atmosphere at Yankee Stadium was just breathtaking and the New York Red Bulls away fans and everything that they offered to it and seeing again the reactions from the players. We talk all about how important rivalries are to fans, seeing what that rivalry meant to the players playing in front of that crowd. It was extraordinary. ESPN had 297,000 viewers watch that game that was less than the stoke city swansea game on nbc Sportsnet uh last premier league season when you hear a stat like that there, there's not a any sort of concern from you jonathan not yet i mean part of the look the biggest reason why the premier league is so successful is because at 10 o'clock on a saturday morning there's nothing else on it people want to watch live sports and that's that's going to be the case, you know, for a while until Major League Soccer starts playing games at 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. And I think they're a little bit growing past that point by now. <laughs> um, just, just a little bit. It's you know, I don't I don't get overly worried, honestly, about this stuff because it ends up being just these little micro analyses and. And you lose sight of the bigger picture, which is if the ratings go up, you know, hopefully more than ten, but at least ten percent a year, then I'm I'm usually okay with that. Jonathan, we got about uh, four and a half minutes left here with you. I want to get a little bit of background on on you as as a writer and and how you got your interest in really the the business side of soccer. I've followed your work quite extensively over the over the last year or so, and even going back before that. But it's really it's so oriented on the business side of things, and everyone finds their unique area of passion within the game. It was great, you know, with guests recently who talk about their passion for development. You know, player development being one of their areas of of strength. Interest and for you, the the area of of television coverage and and the financial side of the game. How did you get started as a writer, and where did that area of of passion and eventual expertise come from? It came from a few places. One of which I would say is in any growing business, and especially in sports, you want to follow the money. You know, and uh, <laughs> the money in soccer, the money in sports in general is in television, whether it's the NBA, or the NHL, or whatever. And eventually, if, if Major League Soccer is going to grow, they know that they need to, it needs to be a place where the television networks have some really serious influence, just as happens um, 
just as happens anywhere else in the world, you know, with the Bundesliga, the English Premier League, and everything else. And it's obviously what happens with the rest of American sports. The other thing with me is when NBC got at the game covering MLS, uh, broadcasting MLS games, they are, um, as people may know, uh, you know, they're right down the street from me, you know, here in Philadelphia. So it was almost a local story in some ways and trying to see how they would do it. And, you know, would they base everything out of Connecticut? Would they have any people here? And over time, some of those questions got answered. Um, and so now, uh, you know, now they're sort of out, but they're still in the Premier League. And they're still, you know, I do a little bit of writing on some other sports too. And so I'm in touch with their folks every now and again. And uh, I guess that's sort of how it started. Jonathan, you, you definitely are a big supporter of Major League Soccer. And, and I'm curious, uh, take us back to your first MLS game uh, that you ever attended. Who was playing and what year are we talking about here? Oh, boy. That's a great question, which I think I know the answer to. And since I'm such a, a walk about this stuff, I'm going to go look it up and make sure that I have it right. Okay, we can we can double check on 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 Twitter after the show. Be sure to uh, I'm get out pretty, of that. I'm pretty sure that it was. I mean, I know what year it was. It was in the year 2000. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, I know exactly what game it was. Opening game of the 2000 DC United season. Um, DC United coming right off a championship. Um, and you might remember that 99 year. I believe was the last year they had Raul Diaz Arce. Indeed. Uh, who was immensely popular with the Salvador expat community in, in D.C. Um, and in that, off, in that 1999 offseason, uh, they, they, they got rid of him. It was a little bit acrimonious. Um, and their first game, their first game uh, after, uh, after that was against... Uh, was what was it? Was against uh, was against Los Angeles, which had uh, had Mauricio Cienfuegos, who was the other really popular uh, Salvadoran. And when he came in that day, that game, um, all the Salvadoran fans at RFK were wearing like Mauricio Cienfuegos Los Angeles Galaxy T-shirts, <laughs> and LA went on to win four to nothing. Well, I'll never forget the early days of MLS, and it carried on the connection with Salvadorian fans in the original days of Major League Soccer. And for yours truly, as a as a San Jose supporter, Raul Diaz Arce actually, I believe, left uh, DC and came uh, to San Jose. May have actually played for Tampa Bay first, but I know he came uh, to San Jose might be right about soon that, after. Yeah. And uh, no, and and again, the, the great connection with Salvadorian soccer with Ramon Sanchez, Arturo Alvarez, Ronald Cerrito, so many others with San Jose. Keep it up, El Salvador, with a uh, tough nil-nil draw against the Canadians, by the way, in their uh, opening Gold Cup match. Jonathan Tannenwald, it's been great having you on the show. Hopefully, we can do this again sometime soon. Really appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck covering that parade tomorrow. Should be fun. All right, thanks. All right. Cheers to you, Jonathan Tannenwald, writer for Philly.com and a frequent contributor to Soccer Morning. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. With a troubled economy and government spending out of control, they've been forced to promote loose money policies, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your savings by rolling over all or a portion of your IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the best gold prices in years and enjoy the long-term hedge against inflation that gold provides by moving into a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Call Birch Gold Group today for a free consultation on how a tax-free rollover to a gold IRA can offer stability, protection, and the peace of mind that your life savings, which you've worked so hard to build, is safe. Call 888-221-0010 and receive Birch Gold's free information kit, which offers the best-kept secrets for safeguarding your savings with gold. Call 888-221-0010. That's 888-221-0010. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Do you know which investment has tripled in price since the debt crisis and risen an average 20% a year for 11 years? It's not stocks, not bonds, it's silver. And right now, we at Lear Capital believe silver is poised to hit new record highs. And we're making it easier to own than ever. For a limited time, new customers with $5,000 or more to invest in gold or silver can get up to 10 certified Morgan Silver Dollars absolutely free. That's right, up to 10 100-year-old Morgan Silver Dollars when you invest $5,000 or more, a $600 value free. This offer is available for IRA accounts as well. Call right now, 800-631-9229, Call Lear Capital now, 800-631-9229. Soccer Talk Radio back here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Taking the express train home here on this beautiful Thursday, July the 9th, 2015. Jonathan Tannenwald, another thank you to him for joining us on the show and chatting about all sorts of good stuff. And looking forward to that parade tomorrow. Really, really looking forward to that parade tomorrow. And I hope he has a good time covering that U.S. women's parade in New York City. It's all about the women, okay? It's all about the women. Hey, but MLS wants to make it a little bit about them as well. Hey, you know, you gotta do what you got to do, I guess. NYCFC and the Red Bulls will be part of the parade. And it's really upsetting some people. I find it all kind of hilarious, the whole thing. But anyway... 
We are going to close out World Soccer Talk Radio. And uh, we're not with you tomorrow. We'll have a uh, re-air tomorrow. We'll be back with you on Monday. And we've... There is a rumor, there is a strong rumor that we could have Mr. Class in a Glass. Mr. Class in a Glass could be with us on Monday. Not confirmed yet, but I'm just going to say it. Mr. Class in a Glass might be with us on Monday. I am keeping my fingers crossed. You should, too. You know who Mr. Class in a Glass is. That's right. You watched him all throughout Copa America. World Soccer Talk Radio is uh, taking this train home. We're done for the week. My name is Nate Avaria for the Gaffer, Christopher Harris, and the producers back in SF. Cheers. Bye for now. Have a great footballing weekend.